the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2012 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. You know, here we are. We're kind of like, you know, battle-worn or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's almost like battle fatigue or whatever here going through this pandemic. Now, for those of you who don't know about the show, ordinarily the show is about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate. And as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from from nursing home bills. And listen, we're opening on a limited basis, but our phones are open. So if you want to give us a call and schedule a phone consultation, our phones are open at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Now, some of you may not know this, but there have been changes in the law over the last few weeks because of the coronavirus pandemic. We are able to sign wills remotely, like back on, you know, old English common law. To sign a will, you would need to see the person sign the will in your presence. The witnesses would be in the presence. You'd all sign in the same room at the same time. Right now, we are able to sign wills, in other words, through remotely, through a computer, whether it's Skype, Zoom. Um, I know some iPhones were able to do it. I'm not the best technical person on that. But we able you can sign your will at home. We can witness it in our office. Then we need to get the papers witnessed, notarized, um, put together. But we are able, you are able to stay at home, not come in an office, and we can get a will done or a trust agreement or any papers that are, are, are notarized. So keep that in mind. If you want to learn how to do that and you say, hey, I want to still do a will, but I don't want to come out, we can accomplish that for you. Just give us a call again at 718-238-6500. You know, we have a limited staff right now, but we do have a staff. We are an essential business in in some areas, so give us a call at 718-238-6500. Now, today, my wife Beth's not here. I am accompanied by my son, Michael. Hello, everybody. And uh, by our jack-of-all-trades, Lloyd. How are you doing today, Lloyd? I'm doing great. Thank you, Mr. Connors. And in the studio today is Otto who I think is a little quiet right now, but uh, Otto, for those of you who know, is the, the, our family dog, who sometimes is very vocal when he's taping. <laughs> Today seems to be very quiet. Um, 
you know, one of the, the, the main, well, I should say the only guest we're going to have on today's show is Alan Roth from Secure America Now. You know, I've been a friend of Alan's for I, I a very long time right now. And, you know, Alan and I have been working on different conservative party events over the years. And he's going to be talking about China because he, you know, has this think tank, Secure America Now. And they've given a lot of thought about China, what's happening in China, and, you know, how dependent in some respects we are upon the Chinese government. And, and Lloyd, you were born in China. You don't think it's a good idea that the United States is dependent on the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party? Not at all. Um, We have known that the uh, Chinese Communist Party has been using their PPE to force countries to accept whatever condition they ask for or accept whatever policy China wants to impose on. I don't think it's a good idea to just rely on China for all those medicine, PPE. You know, like, listen, I hope you guys are safe out there. I really do. Because one of the things that's just battering me emotionally is that we looked at the list of that our clients that have passed away over the last five weeks. It's it's astounding. You know, when I go through the list, I'm, I'm really, you know, you're just taking shot after shot after shot. And, you know, a number of our World War II veterans passed away, which is, you know, it's, it's the last of a generation. Did they die prematurely? No. But still it's sad. It's sad to, to, to see those guys who, who were in World War II. We still know a couple left, and, and hopefully they're going to survive this pandemic. Our prayers are with them. Hopefully, you know, we're all going to try to get through this. I think Father Paul, when is thinking about prayers? When does Father Paul get back? Um, pretty soon, I think. It's, it was supposed to be two weeks last time he contacted us. So yeah. that's, I mean, he's, you know, say your prayers for him because I know he, he said he's just at wit's end with some of this stuff. But Right, because you got to remember over in Lebanon, you know, you talk about the shortage of ventilators here, although I understand really there was no real shortage of ventilators, but it was just hype. But over there, they really don't have equipment. And, you know, he's, again, for those who don't know Father Paul, he's a Franciscan Capuchin friar who runs a mission in Lebanon and also in Syria. And he's not only a Catholic priest, but he's a medical doctor. And hopefully we're going to have him on the, the show in a couple of weeks, maybe in a, you know, maybe next week if he comes back in time. But he's a truly remarkable individual. And, uh, you know, somehow we're going to have to have some mass, whether it's virtually or whatever, for the repose of the souls, you know, of all the people that we've lost, you know, over the last few months. So, everybody, let's pray together. Let's hang together. And we're going to be talking again to Alan Roth about China, the Chinese government, and how Secure America first started, which I had almost forgotten about the mosque that they wanted to build you know, near the World Trade Center, which at the very least was insensitive. You know, Secure America Now helped stop the building of that mosque. But thanks again for listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. We'll be back in a few minutes. I have children. How can I protect them if something happens Will my to assets be lost if I go into a nursing home? We have property. How will it affect the ones still here? Who will help us take care of Grandma? 
These questions can be answered by calling 718-238-6500 for a free consultation from Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, providing dedicated, caring, and highly responsive legal services. They're focused on issues that matter to you, protection of your family, preservation of your assets, and respect of your wishes with dignity. That's all I want from a lawyer, making it easier for my children. Call 718-238-6500. Get a free consultation. Connors & Sullivan's clients don't get lost in the cracks. They have dedicated attorneys who know their clients and the issues that matter most to them. Connors & Sullivan's estate planning, elder law, and probate attorneys work closely with every client. Don't leave behind problems for your family. Call 718-238-6500 and get a free consultation today. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every week, I promise you, and I keep this promise, you're going to get a question answered from Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan, who is, they are the premier law firm when it comes to estate care and elder law. And I want you to uh, know that you're going to get the uh, straight stuff from Mike Connors every single week. Mike, here's this week's question. Dear Mr. Connors, I've got four kids from a prior marriage. We've been estranged for 10 years. I don't want them to receive anything from my estate. Don't know what happened there. However, I have since remarried, and I want my spouse and his three kids to get everything. How can I do this? Can I prevent my children from inheriting anything from my estate? Mike Connors, all family counseling advice aside, what say you? Okay, well... Under New York state law, really under, you know, English common law, which covers the whole United States, there's no requirement that you leave your children any part of your estate. Now, the question is, how do you prevent them from contesting your will? And the way we do that ordinarily is, one, we have a will, not leaving them anything. And then number two, we arrange our assets in such a way that it does not have to go through court. It does not have to go through probate. If you have bank accounts, you have a joint with your spouse. If you have annuities, we have beneficiaries, and of course, if you own real estate, we like to do a trust agreement so the assets will pass directly to your name beneficiaries without having to go to court, and ordinarily, we can get it out tax-free up to $6 million, husband and wife, $12 million. So that's the answer. you got to plan things out, but there's no requirement under New York state law that you leave your children anything, but you still need to plan it in the right way so that they can easily contest your will. Makes total sense to me. If you've got a similar question, people are standing by the phone right now, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. You can also email your questions to askmikeconnors at gmail.com and then uh, listen for his answers here on Kevin McCullough Radio or Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 570 and FM 102.3 The Mission or Sunday mornings at 11 on AM 970 The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Mike Connors, host of Ask the Lawyer and published in New York Magazine's top-rated lawyers. Whether assisting a client with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, nursing home plan, or other matter, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of their clients' rights and interests. Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, has dedicated attorneys that can help you with estate planning, elder law, and probate. They listen to their clients to learn about their families, their financial picture, and their long-term goals to create a comprehensive plan to meet your objectives. They assist with the complex tax matters that are often involved in estate planning and probate. Contact Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, with offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Midtown Manhattan, and Staten Island to schedule a free consultation with an attorney. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And listen to Ask the Lawyer right here every Saturday evening at 6. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. 
With me right now, we have an old friend, an old friend of the, the show, Alan Roth, president of Secure America Now. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you very much, Michael. Okay, now, first question, some people out there are going to say, what's Secure America Now? Secure America Now began when Michael Bloomberg, who was then mayor of New York, and President Barack Obama decided that it would be a good idea to build a mosque at ground zero. We didn't think so. We being just a bunch of friends. And we came together and we fought the mosque and we helped actually gain the result that the mosque would not be built. And from that experience, we decided that what we needed was a platform, a social media platform, a website, Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram, where people can, who are concerned about national security issues, everything from uh, legal immigration, not illegal immigration, to stopping Iran from getting nuclear weapons, People who are concerned about those things can actually join up and become informed on the issues. And at the same time, when there's, for example, legislation that supports our positions that are introduced in the Congress, sometimes on the local level, they are able to get information of how they can let their elected officials know what they think. And we've had impact on policy in that way. Having an organization that has over 4 million members can, when you turn those members on uh, to a particular issue, they are not only better informed, but they become activists. Let me, can you refresh our our recollection about the mosque and, and what was happening back then and what you guys did? Sure. What happened was that a imam who we exposed as being someone who was part of an international movement with deep anti-Semitic roots decided that he was going to build a mosque literally in the shadow of Ground Zero where thousands of Americans lost their lives. And the elitist media, both in New York and around the country, thought this was a great idea. We thought it was actually an idea to gain a propaganda victory for those who attacked us. And we mobilized supporters, uh, both in the city and nationally. And we had a friend of ours, this was all done pro bono, that there was no money spent. We didn't have a budget here, but we had a lot of contacts of people who had talents, who volunteered their talents. By the way, one of those people was the first time I met him uh, was Pat Cadell, who passed away, unfortunately, last year, who was Jimmy Carter's 29-year-old street.
strategist who got him elected president of the of the United States. And Pat Cantell, Joe Trippi, and a bunch of others just decided that we would use our contacts and inform the American people. And it turns out that to the tune of close to 80 percent of the American people felt that it was totally inappropriate to build a mosque by ground zero. And basically from the noise and the pressure that we were able to put on our elected officials, the mosque idea died. Well, congratulations. And and when you say the, the, the Iman was anti-Semitic, what did he say? Can you give us an example? Well, it wasn't so much what he said. He was a very, very slick operator. We had a friend, and we still have, she's still a friend, who was an investigative reporter for the Wall Street Journal. And she volunteered her services to find out how the mosque was being funded. You know, you know that old saying, always follow the money? Well, right. she followed the money. She found out that the money was being provided by something called the Cordova Foundation, which is based in Malaysia. Now, this was not public knowledge until we made it public knowledge. And the head of that foundation was the ex-prime minister of Malaysia, who was an outright anti-Semite. He did not hide it. He went about attacking the state of Israel, attacking Jews in really the most base of ways. And he was actually the guy who was pulling the strings. He was the choir master. And uh, the imam that they put here was a very slick operator. Um, he, he said all the right things. He wanted to bring peace, and he wanted to bring the religions together. He got a bunch of left-wing folks here in the United in New York to join him. And like I said, the mayor of New York at the time, Michael Bloomberg, thought it was also a spanking good idea. We're not opposed to building mosques. And uh, if you want to build a mosque, build it in a place other than a place where Muslim terrorists attacked Americans and killed thousands of them. Okay, well, well, thank you for that. Now, you know, earlier, before we got on the air, we were just talking about different things and about China and polls. And you brought up one poll that I, I found kind of interesting. Can you tell the audience about it? Sure. John McLaughlin, who is a pollster who does some work actually for President Trump, he worked for President Trump also in 2016, the first time he ran for president. Uh, John McLaughlin does quite a bit of polling for us at Secure America Now. And he just came out of the field last week. He came out of the field with the nationwide poll of 1,000 American likely voters. And he asked a series of questions about the corona virus and what impact that has on 
American uh, opinion on Americans of how they see and they view China. I'll just give you a few numbers. 70% of these likely American voters feel that China kept vital information that could have helped us actually prepare and then fight for the virus data having to do with what the virus was doing in Wuhan, they kept that information from the world. And that was a negative, that had a negative impact on everyone. So 70% of Americans agreed with that. 72% said that they believe that given the experience that we have had with the virus and the destruction that it is doing, not only in a medical sense, but also in an economic sense, that 72% of these likely voters say that Americans need to pull back and reimagine their trading, economic trading relations with China. And as you know, up until President Trump got elected, we, our business with China, our trading with China had expanded tremendously. Now, there has been, even before the virus, President Trump was strongly rebalancing those trade deals, meaning he felt, and we agreed, that the Americans were getting the short end of the stick. Well, he had support from the American people in rebalancing our trade relations with China. But now we have over 70% of the people saying that we should pull back from our economic activities with China. 59% said that they favor ending all manufacturing in China. Now, that's huge. As we all know that consumer items, whether it's clothing, whether it's food, whether it's electronics, uh, a great number of those items are manufactured in China and sold in the United States under American brand names, whether it's Apple, AT&T, and you, you name the big company and the chances are they're involved in manufacturing in China. 59%, which is a huge number of Americans are calling for an end of American manufacturing in China. And the last number that I'll share with you was 75% said that we need to end our dependence on China for medical supplies. And that's everything from respirators to masks to the proper gowns that nurses and doctors need in an emergency room. And 75% of Americans say, stop it. We can't be dependent upon China because in the current situation, and I was involved in trying to get 
respirators for New York when the virus was at its peak in New York City, there was a mad scramble, not only in New York, but other states as well, were looking for respirators. And we were involved in trying to procure or at least identifying sources for respirators. And it turned out that China was the number one source for respirators. Europe was fighting the same battle that we were, and they were looking for uh, the respirators as were Asian countries and other countries. So we identified respirators in China that, quote, were on, we were told, for sale. We alerted New York State. New York State went in and paid a considerable amount of money for these respirators. The respirators were delivered to a port city where they were going to be flown to New York. And at the last minute, the Chinese People's Army came and they took control of the respirators. They wouldn't permit them to come to America. And, but they kept the money. <laughs> the Chinese <laughs> kept the money. And now here we are in a situation where we're an emergency situation, and we're dependent upon China for essential equipment. And uh, I'll finish up this story because it has, in some way, a funny ending, not funny, but humorous ending, but in fact, it's also a sad ending. Those respirators ended up in New York eventually. But the way they ended up in New York also tells us something about the Chinese Communist Party. A foundation, a Chinese foundation, which we found that had very close ties with the Chinese Communist Party, ended up, quote, donating the respirators that New York had paid for. But they gave it to us, and the news stories were that China made this substantial contribution to New York. <laughs> and then, in fact, it was a contribution that was late because they stopped the shipment from coming from when we really needed it. And secondly, we had paid for it. So they gained a, meaning the Chinese communists gained the propaganda victory by being seen as helpers rather than the full story, which was not a really positive story about how China treated us. So the American people, that 75%, are saying we should not be dependent. We should not be in a position where we can be blackmailed when it comes to medical supplies by communist China, and frankly, I think if you would ask them by any country, they feel that we should be producing these equipment and medications here in the United States. Alan, we're going to have to take a short break. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. We're talking to Alan Roth of Secure America Now. 
Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome back to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Right now, we're talking to Alan Roth of Secure America Now. A lot of politicians are talking, and you hear it on talk radio and the, and the news and everything else, that we should start manufacturing our own medications, our own pharmaceuticals. Are we doing anything about that, or is it just talk? Do you know? Yes, there is legislation. Secure America Now actually has a petition drive going in support of legislation. There's legislation that was introduced by uh, Senator Ted Cruz and by Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, which would require in the near future for us to produce our own medication. And this is a direct result of the Wuhan virus and the medical short supplies that we currently have. So Secure America Now is actually in support of this legislation. There is There are other bills. Um, Senator Rubio has a bill. Senator Scott from Florida as well has legislation. The President of the United States actually issued an executive order, President Trump, that would that that is in line with the legislation. Now, the same thing is that up until the 1990s, we made 90% of the medications that we use here in the United States. And then we signed a free trade deal in 2000, and it was some other legislation later that opened the doors for American companies to move their facilities, their manufacturing facilities, to China. So this hasn't been going on forever, um, that China has a virtual monopoly, especially over generic drugs, drugs that deal with very common uh, ailments from high blood pressure to Parkinson's disease to heart medications. They're almost all of them are produced in China, and we're not the only ones. If India says that it has a, manu- a, a medicine manufacturing company, they almost certainly are dependent upon China for certain raw materials that go into the medication. And so China has systematically, from their perspective, 
They have done a brilliant job in not only in the medical field, but the medical field is of special importance, especially during times of pandemic, uh, to uh, really corner the market on medications. And there is a fantastic book that I recently read uh, on this particular subject. It was written a couple of years ago before the pandemic. It is called China RX. I was shocked by how much of our medication is produced in China and how little we produce ourselves, meaning that we are right to be pressured by China. I don't know if you have seen, but uh, I believe it was yesterday, the Chinese Communist Party actually threatened Australia, which also has a very a much stronger, actually, economic relationship with China, that if they continued to look into how China acted at the beginning of the uh, Wuhan virus story, that they would punish, economically punish Australia. And they have the ability to do that, and they have the ability to do that to us. Thankfully, President Trump has made it very clear that if you try to pull that type of stunt with us, we will hurt you in another way. We'll fight back. We're not going to roll over and play dead that we're going to put America's interests first. And on this medical stuff and these polling numbers that I've been giving you, it is pretty clear that the American people will back him. Let me ask you something. You know, you hear every once in a while we should hold them accountable. We hold a lot of Chinese assets within the United States. What could we do in light of the fact they still do manufacture a lot of our pharmaceuticals or a lot of medications and our supplies? What's our leverage? Our leverage is that, as I said earlier, it is more like, reopening an industry than building it from scratch. It will take time. We can't do it overnight. But in the medical field, the medical manufacturing field, just look at the number of private sector companies that have in recent, in the last couple of months, have turned their factories into factories that are producing masks for emergency rooms, other materials that we need, um, respirators, um, other medical supplies that we need. So we have the the knowledge and the ability, and the sooner we get that started, and I guess one of the silver linings of this virus is, is that we are starting now to produce things that we stopped producing. So... We're going to need time to get up to speed to replace all of what China is producing for us right now. But we have to start, and we have started, and that's a good thing. The other things that we can do is that China has, through these favorite nation 
uh, legislation, they get certain prerequisites that uh, in terms of their operations, in terms of their trade with the United States. If we start dotting the I's and crossing the T's on the regulations that they should be and are not being required to adhere to, it will hurt them directly economically. Let me give you one example. We have certain, of all things, chicken manufacturers who are making, uh, who are using manufacturing in China. And one of the things that we've been closing our eyes to are the Food and Drug Administration of the United States requires businesses to reach certain health set standards, certain cleanliness standards here in the United States. If you're manufacturing chickens or medication or whatever. When these companies have gone overseas, these chicken companies, but also electronic companies, uh, virtually any company that goes into China, the FDA rules are supposed to follow them. And those rules include that American inspectors be given access to the manufacturing plants in China. We have for a whole bunch of years not required the FDA to do quality control in China. Number one, the Chinese didn't want it. And our previous administrations, both George W., but more so, Barack Obama, they closed their eyes on that aspect of the economic activity between our countries. So I don't know if your audience remembers, but there have been periodically stories of defective toys that were manufactured in China. There have been some horrendous stories of defective medicines that have been manufactured in China. That type of stuff should not take place, and that type of stuff would diminish tremendously if our regulatory agencies, in this case the Food and Drug Administration, actually had access to the Chinese manufacturing plant. So. Just if we would move ahead on those fronts, it, Chinese would not be happy and they would be hurt economically. So we do have some ammunition that we can throw back at them. Up until Trump, there isn't any administration. By the way, Trump, his favorite tool in this type of battle has been the tariffs. And when he invoked tariffs not that long ago on China, China, in a very short order, reduced their demands when they were negotiating a, a, a different deal. 
between the United States and China, a different economic deal. It had a direct impact on the Chinese. So the United States, more so than other countries, does have levers that it could pull that they could combat negative stuff that China does to us. You know, I kind of forget, what's the relationship of the Biden family to China? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> the mainstream media doesn't seem to be interested yes. uh, in in getting involved there. I, I have some knowledge, not a great deal of knowledge on that, but there have been uh, a series of reports of how Joe Biden's troubled son has been involved in various China trade deals and Chinese manufacturing deals that have not been beneficial to the United States, but have been hugely beneficial to him economically. All right. Now, I guess we're, we're kind of running out on time, but can you tell the audience again, where can they learn more about Secure America now? Sure. First off, our largest concentration of information about Secure America Now is on our Facebook page, which is called Secure America Now. If you're not on Facebook, you can go to secureamericanow.com. And the same thing is true on Twitter and on Instagram. So you can contact us. You can sign up if you want updates. We do weekly updates on security issues. And we have loads of videos. We also have a YouTube channel called Secure America Now. But before we go, can I also just throw one other thing, um, one more piece of information. And this has to do with China's chief rival, and that's Taiwan. Taiwan has the best record in the world in combating the Wuhan virus. It is a country of 24 million people. They have had only six deaths from the Wuhan virus. That's amazing. It is totally amazing. And they have their society outside of mass sports events or concerts. The society has functioned throughout in a free and open way. Restaurants are open. Movie theaters are open. Businesses are open. They had the most stellar record in combating the Wuhan virus. And China has used all its power to stop Taiwan from becoming a member of the World Health Organization, which is WHO. And uh, in the World Health Organization, was part of, they played along with China in covering up the dangers of the Wuhan virus. But Taiwan, on its own, it knew that there was a real problem with the virus in China before China announced it. And they did what they needed to do in terms of testing, testing, 
in terms of educating their populace, and they have been hugely successful. So I wanted to get that in. Can you, can you say again, what are they doing that's so successful? I know they're educating the population, but can you be more specific? Yeah. Sure. What they are doing is, and by the way, Sweden is not as good a track record, but very close, and they're doing the same thing. What they are doing is that they are doing a great deal of testing. And when someone has the Wuhan virus and is ill, they quarantine the ill person, not the rest of the society. Sweden does the same thing. There was a doctor two days ago who said this is the first time in history that instead of quarantining the sick person, we're quarantining the rest of the society. Well, Taiwan honed in on the sick people, and they honed in on seniors who are most at risk from the Wuhan virus. And they quarantined them in a very humane fashion, but they segregated those people, the sick people, no matter what age, and the elderly people. And until they went through a period which is usually about two weeks, and then they're of no danger to themselves or to anyone else. So it is a matter of focusing your resources on those who need the most protection because this particular virus is not a serious threat to 97 to 98% of any population. And Taiwan followed that rule. One other thing that Taiwan did is that there, was, there have been terrible viruses over the last 50 years. There have been about five very deadly viruses, even more deadly than the Wuhan virus. And what they have, what they learned from that experience of those other viruses where they got hit very hard and they lost a lot of people is that they set up an emergency health team that when they sense that there's a problem, that team is organized, that team is funded, that team has the ability, for example, to produce the tests that are needed, it produces and, and administer the test to make sure that the tests are actually being used, and then the results are being used as well. They have this this whole operation which is geared towards, towards this one thing, let's fight the virus. And their results show that they have been enormously successful. So they learn from their path, and they are executing brilliantly. You know, Alan, it was so long ago we talked about Secure America Now. Can you again give the, the Facebook and where can people find out about Secure America Now? Yes. Go on to secureamericanow.com and you will find podcasts, you will find videos, you will find information. You will be able to put your email in. 
round of, of national security issues that you will not get from the mainstream media, meaning that we delve into subjects that the mainstream media usually doesn't get involved with. Alan Roth, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner. We'll talk to you sometime soon. I look forward to it, Michael. Thank you for having me. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Thanks again for Alan Roth and, and Secure America Now. Michael, you may not know this, but I know Alan since, I think, 1979 or so. So that's more than 40 years now. It's, it's amazing how time flies. But I, I was really amazed at some of the, the, the facts that he brought out about China. And, and, you know, you can always learn something. And, by the way, our, our engineer right now is one of our attorneys who's pinch hitting because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Lloyd, who's from China. Now, Lloyd, what, what was your comments or your thoughts when we were talking to Alan? I think the points Alan made are perfect about the intransparency of the Chinese Communist Party, where they holding up the, the information, causing a lot of pandemic. I definitely agree that the Chinese Communist Party should be much more transparent regarding what's going on in China and uh, what the things that could come up that could affect the whole world. Do you think the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, should be held accountable for their conduct in, during this pandemic? Definitely. For all the lives lost in Wuhan, for lives lost in all over, all over the world. But the thing is, um, I also look it up, there's something about immunity for the uh, nation, where you cannot sue a nation for whatever damage they cause. I don't know if there's going to be any legislation that's going to do something to exempt the, all the coronavirus issue, but um, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I hate to say it, Andy McCarthy wrote a stellar article on National Review talking about, um, for those who aren't familiar, he's a very famous and respected prosecutor. He wrote a fantastic article on National Review basically talking about, you know, there are a lot of right ways to handle bring, making the Chinese government accountable, but the lawsuits are not one of them. We do not want to open ourselves to world courts or anything like that. The consequence, ultimately, yeah, they sue us the then people, for something. Yeah. yeah, ultimately, the people we want to help would get nothing out of it. And all you do is drag us into a quagmire of international litigation for which we, you know, there would be no out at that point. Our our best way, as I think Alan pointed us to very directly, was, is to handle things via trade, as we've done. You know, yep. and I do hope, you know, and this is what worries me a little bit. I know that legislators are trying to put something in executive orders where we make our own medications and pharmaceuticals. I just hope that American companies are doing it. They're not just talking about it, but I, I guess we'll see what happens. Lloyd, I have another question for you, and, and you mentioned this a, a few weeks ago. What are the people in China, what, what is the government telling them about 
that the, the United States may have started this pandemic? Yes, that's still the theory going on in China now. So the Chinese government is telling that it's the American military who brought the virus into Wuhan. Uh, there's some sort of uh, military uh, Olympics in Wuhan back in November 2019. That's the theory that's floating around in China. I got all the messages from my uh, friends and families in China asking me, is it true that the virus came from the United States and spread it all over the world? I told them, no, that's just the Chinese Communist Party's uh, propaganda. I don't believe anything that the Chinese Communist Party told us about the origin of the virus. All right. Well, you know, I guess we're getting toward the end of the show. I, we're, we're wrapping up again with uh, David Kincaid on hollowed ground. And, you know, I haven't mentioned this in a long time. Why do we wrap up on hollowed ground? Well, the, you know, the stations, 970 The Answer and 570 The Mission are in the Trinity Building, which is right next to Trinity Church. It's, it's on really the same property. And it is hollowed ground. I mean, Alexander Hamilton is buried on the same property, Trinity Church, as is Robert Fulton, the inventor of the steamboat. Other prominent Americans from the Revolutionary War period and thereafter. So, again, we are on hollowed ground. Thank you, David Kincaid, for wrapping up the show. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.